Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 36. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Chris Biting. And we are here once again this week to talk to you about all things Apple and Macintosh related and specifically designed to discuss things at the intro level. So if maybe you are a brand new Mac or Apple user, maybe you are thinking about becoming a Mac or Apple user, this is the podcast for you. We don't go too deep into uh, discussions of how to go in and do like command prompt kernel installations of tweaking software behind the scenes or anything like that. No, we're here to tell you what to do now that you've only got one mouse button on your trackpad. That's what we're here for. So, uh, Chris, what you got today? Oh, man, it's awesome. Uh, Apple just announced their third quarter uh, results. And uh, just some real quick uh, brief notes about it. Um, They announced $1.07 billion in profit for the third quarter, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I like profit uh, in the billions. You know, it's always a bonus or plus. (laughs) Revenue of... uh, uh, 7.46 billion, which is cool. Um, let's see here. I'm going to go over some of the quick, bold stuff I have here. Uh, they uh, shipped 2.5 million Macs this year, the most of any quarter in Apple's history. Okay. Uh, they they sold 11 million iPods, which is up from 12 year, to, uh, tw- up 12 percent from a year ago. So iPods would not include iPhones, I would assume. No, no, no. iPhones are. are accounted for differently okay good so uh one million iphones in just three days uh over 900 applications 20 percent of them free 90 percent of them less than ten dollars uh, this this statistic blew my mind over 25 million applications have been downloaded so far oh that doesn't blow me away at all it's just amazing though you know that's so many applications it's, how many have you downloaded uh, I don't know. Let me look at my applications thing here. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, four. Uh, like sixteen or so. I've probably downloaded about twenty-five. So you <laughs> think about how many iPhones are out there, and of course, you know, if if you have an iPhone, you're pretty much a geek and and you love Apple anyway, right? So mm-hmm. so I mean, if you're a geek enough to have an iPhone, as soon as the two point oh and the applications become, you're just gonna go crazy. Yeah. Uh, what they kept saying, though, is uh, when they were looking ahead the fourth quarter, um, they said much uh, due to subscription recording, much of the revenue will be deferred to future quarters. And what they kept referring to uh, today was something, and I quote, future product transition, and they couldn't discuss it today. And there's a lot of new products that are coming out later this year. Really? So, right yeah, around now, Christmas time, huh? Yeah. Now, one of the things that uh, a couple things, a couple kind of just unusual highlights here. Uh, one thing that someone the, did bring up a question about Steve Jobs' health. We brought this up before, and uh, their response was, uh, "Steve has no plans to leave Apple, and Steve's health is a private matter," which kind of spooked some investors. And after hours trading right now, the Apple stock's down almost eighteen dollars a share, hmm. which 
it's it's traditional to go down after the, the quarter announcements. I mean, Apple could could you know announce that we sold 50 million iPhones and sold you know 400 million Macs, and the stock's still going to drop. It's just dropped a lot more because they're not coming out and saying Steve's healthy, Steve's good to go. They're yeah. saying his health's a private matter, which you know it, he had cancer, so it, it could have coming back. Um, another thing is they said the Apple TV remains quote a hobby because it's not a very large business, and yeah. but they're still continuing to invest in it. What what is it that's a hobby? The Apple TV. The Apple TV. Yeah, that's not good to hear. I don't like to hear that. They said I mean, that last time too. So yeah, it's not it. I it, it it you know what when I hear this you know a, a t- piece of technology that I have purchased from a company when I hear that company say this is just a hobby it says we might possibly abandon this thing. Well, here's the thing: if if they did abandon it, you know it's it's still going to work. I mean, it's not like the product's going to stop functioning for me, right. and I still like it. I'm not using it as much as I'd like. Um, you know, right now we're we're doing a bunch of stuff at the house, so I'm not really downstairs a whole lot right now, but. When I do use it, man, I love it. So I'm not, I'm not planning on getting rid of it anytime uh, in the future. So yeah. Well, so um, so the stock is down 18 bucks a share. That that's not good for stockholders. However, for possible new investors in the company, it, it might be good news. Yeah, but I'm not sure what the market's going to open at tomorrow, but you know, we'll see. I'm I'm not an Apple shareholder anymore, and I don't know if you are or not. So no, I'm not. Just Wanted to disclose that I no longer own any stock in Apple. So no, but if anybody wants to buy me stock in Apple, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, I did not know that about Steve Jobs. I, I did not know that he is a cancer survivor. Yeah, he had a uh, pancreatic cancer, and there's two types you can get. One is pretty much if you get it, there's not a whole lot you can do. Uh, the second one is treatable if you catch it early enough, and he did catch it early enough to to get rid of it. And uh, you know, who knows what the the, the rate or uh, the odds of it coming back are? You know, right. generally it's been past five. It's been five years now. It happened in two thousand three, and uh, I guess the big fear on everybody's mind is you know Steve is Apple. That's what you I know? hear. It's not. And and Apple really hasn't hasn't had a, a, a come out and said, okay, this is our succession plan. Should something happen to Steve, you know, if Steve got hit by a bus today, you know, there's no Tim Cook is the only one who I would think would be able to take the company over because Tim Tim Cook ran the day to day operations while Steve was in the hospital. And I mean, he, I guess they're kind of grooming people. You know, they got that iPhone guy that that talked about the iPhone this past uh, WWDC and. You know, he is doing kind of letting other people take the stage more often than not for uh, his keynotes. So they could always yeah, get who that, knows? they could always get that guy that does the hand gestures on the videos to do the keynote. Oh, Bob, <laughs> Bob, Bob, the iPhone guy. Yes, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that guy can stare straight at you and not look down and just do the perfect hand gestures, can't he? Oh, I know. He's awesome, isn't he? Yeah. So anyway, uh I, well, you know, I, I obviously that that's a that's very concerning. I, I I hope and pray that everything's okay with with Steve, regardless of Apple. You know, I I, I hate to hear that one way or the other, and uh, honestly, I I don't have any financial stake in in Apple whatsoever. So so for me, I'm I'm more concerned for Steve than I am for the company. So oh well, yeah, you know, he's got kids and you know, a yeah. wife, and you know, he's he's at at the end of the day, he's just a normal dude like all of us, and. Yeah, you don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and it just goes to show you it doesn't matter how much money you got, man. You you know you're not guaranteed anything. So, 
Let's all nope. keep him in our prayers. That would be awesome. If, if, and, and we're not even assuming that any, I mean, not to assume that anything's wrong. But, right, exactly. But we're just saying. Yeah. Okay. You know. All right. Anyway. Anything else? I think we got a, well, uh, we could talk for a really brief second on any cool applications that you found for your iPhone. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we talked a lot about applications last week, but let me go ahead and pull you up a couple things here. Real quick that I found that I absolutely do love. In fact, I, I found some applica- applications out there that I love so much that it would make a whole lot of sense for me to have 3G capability, the, the faster internet, for it to sync mm-hmm. a little faster, to be more reliable. Um, so, in essence, I'll, I'll first start off by telling you that my iPhone that I have in my hand right now, my 4 gig, is already sold to up to two different people. So I have one person in line, and, <laughs> and, and if that person falls through, I've got another guy that says, listen, if he falls through, you call me next. Wow, how and much? Uh, do you mind me asking how much? $250 cash. No way. Yes. $250. Yes. $250 wow. cash. And they're going well, to meet good. me immediately after I the, the, the purchase of my new 8-gig 3G phone, which I will be purchasing for $199. So, wow! Yeah, that's good to know. I well, I uh, I ended up getting Apple Care for my phone, so I'm I'm still gonna rock the Phil Schiller limited edition four gig iPhone original gangster. Yeah, now that's, that's the official title. A lot of people don't know that's the official title of, of the iPhone. <laughs> it's the Phil uh, Phil Schiller gangster. The phone. Phil Phil Schiller limited edition four gig iPhone original gangster edition. Gotcha. Sweet. Well, I tell you, I, I I'm still happy with my iPhone. Don't get me wrong. It's just that I found some I found some applications out there that do sync wirelessly to data that are stored on on sites out there in, in the computing cloud. And I found mm-hmm. that on Edge that it sometimes takes a little while for that data to transfer. And sometimes if you're in an area where you know you're traveling and you hit the cut in the hill, for example, here in Cincinnati. That you you lose connection. Well, if you know, by golly, if I wasn't waiting for three minutes for it to upload this audio recording that I just recorded on my phone, it would have not lost its connection. It wouldn't have failed to sync. Whereas if yeah. I had three G, that baby would have went right up immediately. And so, are you I, talking about the Evernote or? Well, Evernote is one. Jot is another one. So both Ooh. of those applications are very good, and they they can do voice recordings and sync it to the web. But uh, I'll tell you what I really do like. It's called Zenbe. Z e n b e. Heard about it on MacBreak Weekly, and uh, it's a to do. It's well, it's not a to do. It's a list manager. So you can do a grocery list, a to do list. Um, I'm using it for tracking my mileage in my car. And what's really awesome about this application is it, sure, it syncs it to the web, but let's just say there is no connection. You don't have 3G, you don't have Edge, you don't have Wi-Fi, and you're inside a building where you have no signal. For example, maybe the shopping store. You know, maybe you're going shopping and you have your list, but you can't get it because you're inside this huge, gigantic, concrete metal facility. Well, even if you don't have a internet and internet connection this is storing all of your data synced locally on the iphone's hard drive and then as soon as you have a signal let's just say you're inside and you're adding things to your list when you get outside and you hit the sync button it will sync it up to the cloud and then when you get home it's available on your browser It, it is beautiful i really love it 
That's awesome. Yep. And uh, let's see here. I, You know what? You were talking about Aurora Faint. I finally mm-hmm. downloaded that. I really enjoy it. I'm having a little problem with some of, uh, you know, figuring out what it is that I can do to kind of maximize some of the, you know, the the double points and the three points and the or the four. Yeah, X. I'm kind I'm kind of the same way. But I mean, as far as a puzzle game goes, it's still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And you can, and I don't know if you know this, you can tilt the the screen back and forth and, and move the blocks around too. Oh well, I have to play around with that a little bit more. I know you could tilt the screen, but I didn't know it really did anything with the blocks. But yeah. uh, I will play with that. Um, and let's see here. What was the other thing I was going to tell you? I started using Google app. Um, I found that it is actually quite useful, especially for, you know, you're typing in something. If I mean, I forget what it was I was looking for. Oh, I know what it was. I was looking for the Apple store in Kenwood. And so I was going to do a Google search for Apple. Well, lo and behold, guess what? It was in my, it was in my contact list. I forgot that I had stored it there. And boom, I mean, I typed in APP, and it's like immediately it pulled up the phone number for the Kenwood Apple Store. Yeah. And so, uh, oh, that's the other thing I was going to tell you is um, I called up the AT&T store. And you know how to get an iPhone through the AT&T store right now? It's No called, idea. They call it direct fulfillment, which means that you go in and you order the phone. And they, they, you give them your credit card information. From what I hear from somebody else who responded to me on Twitter, they say they don't run your credit card until the phone comes in. But you give them your credit card information, you order the phone, and it comes in within 10 to 21 days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Blame. And I'm like, whatever. So, of course, I'm looking at apple.com slash retail slash Kenwood. At 9 p.m. tonight, I'm going to click my refresh button to see if it's going to tell me if they have some iPhones tomorrow. I may go camp out just for tomorrow's shipment. That's funny. Of course, I have to be here at 10 a.m. for uh, the About the Church podcast, so I don't know if that'll work out. But maybe, maybe just Wednesday morning I might do that. Just do it remote. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, remote podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, DG comes in every week um, to record oh, okay. in studio, okay. so yeah. But that would be cool. All right. So, um, yeah. So I'm on the search for that because of some of these cooler apps that I have found. And so I just, you know, I did play around. I, I, I downloaded a bunch of other uh, free applications. The Tap Tap Revenge is pretty neat. It's like uh, Dance Dance Revolution for your iPhone. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the More Cowbell. Check this out. Listen to this. I'm going to load it up here. Oh. I hit the wrong button. Hold on. This is uh, really cool. Oh, you couldn't hear it. I have a cowbell instrument. <laughs> That's funny. And it's got, uh, it's got what's his, Christopher Walken. He says, I got to have more cowbell. And oh, that's so, funny. So you can, with any kind of song you want to rock out to, you just basically tap your finger on there and you, you have a cowbell. Sweet. Yeah, so that's that's a new app app I found, and let me tell you what that's called, just in case everybody wants to go download the Cowbell. It's called More Cowbell in the App Store. Was right. it free? It is free. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, there's no way I would have paid for it. Uh, <laughs> so do you have any that you want to share real quick? Um, You know what? I do not have any more that I would like to share. Well, you know what? I take that back. Shazam. Yep. Uh, That... Music recognition software, awesome. really cool. You hold you hold your iPhone up to the radio, and it, it tells you what it is. That is a very cool application, my friend. 
It is pretty cool. But anyway, that's enough. Uh, that's enough iPhone talk. Let's get to yeah. some uh, some Apple some, stuff. Yeah, some user questions and feedback and all that good stuff. All right, so let's start off. I think we have two calls from Alaska Brad. We haven't heard from him in a couple weeks, so he's got two calls back-to-back. Let's see what this first call is. Okay. Hi, Cliff. Hi, Chris. It's uh, Alaska Brad calling in. Hey, I'm uh, actually an episode behind. I'm listening to 33, uh, and you guys are doing your software picks. I'm just through the first one that I uh, alert. Sounds pretty cool. I'm going to check that out. And then uh, Chris is talking about... uh, Handbrake, and I'm wondering, uh, Chris, if you've ever tried to uh, archive like uh, a season's worth of Lost or any uh, episodic content. I find that I can't, I can't figure out how to do that, and I don't know if that's something you could talk about on the show. Uh, I know it grabs the largest file, but you know when you have shows, you know, broken up in that, uh, I, I just can't figure out how to work that out. Also, I just wanted to share a software pick. Uh, back in the old tech TV days, uh, Leo Laporte uh, kind of turned me on to it, and I actually found it in the Mac, uh, the Mac website uh, software. It's like a little freeware thing. It's just called MacSword, and I don't know if you can hear that. But for your laptops with that accelerometer that, that iAlarm or iAlert uses, it makes the, uh, the lightsaber sound. So as you jiggle your MacBook... You don't want to do it too much, but kind of geek out on it. Anyways, that's a freeware <laughs> program too. Take care, guys. Thanks for doing the show. Bye-bye. I love audio feedback with sound effects. You can you can also get the iSaber for your iPhone. That does the exact same thing. Yes, it does. It, it is <laughs> pretty nifty if you're a Star Wars uber geek, which there are a lot of us out there. So uh, yep. he wants to know about Handbrake. Now, Handbrake is the software which allows you to back up legally owned DVDs that you have, that you've purchased, and you want to have backup copies, right? I'm not saying it's legal to do so, but let's, right. that's the intended purpose anyway. And so um, from what I understand, now I've never used uh, Handbrake at all, but from what I understand is you stick it in and it goes and it looks for the largest file on a DVD. Right. And it backs that up and and turns it into whatever format you want. And yeah, so, you can grab individual chapters and stuff. So something like with episodic content, which has like fifteen chapters that are all like thirty minutes long. I don't know. I've never done anything that big. Okay. So we're so we're gonna tell you, Brad, for uh, an, an answer that is completely valid for the help I got a Mac podcast. We don't know. And so uh, we invite anybody out there who does know to please let us, uh, to give us a call. Let us know, area code 859-795-4067. All righty. So you, are you ready for his next call? Do it. Let's do it. Hi, Cliff and Chris. This is Alaska Brad calling in for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Uh, regarding the AT&T subsidized phone or the extra pricing for the uh, phone. What I have heard, and I actually called my uh, AT&T, I actually used to be a Cell One customer and I was kind of grandfathered in, so I'm eligible for the $199 and $299, which is why I called. But uh, if you are an existing AT&T customer that didn't have an iPhone, in order to make up the cost of the subsidized phone that you did purchase, that's why they're charging the $299 and $399. Uh, pricing. So uh, if you were an existing AT&T customer with another iPhone, uh, the gentleman that uh, was chatting, I think he's got a 
blackjack or something. Anyways, that is why. And then I heard, I think it was Apple Phone Show, uh, Andy Anako speaking about a 4.99 and 6.99 uh, un, not unlocked, but uh, where you don't need a package to purchase. So, I mean, boy, there's six different price points right there. Anyways, I just wanted to call in and uh, let you know that information, and hopefully, I will be getting one here in October. I'm excited. Anyways, bye. Awesome. <laughs> So so the understanding I guess is that this whole idea of not being able to get the 199 price is for people who have already had a subsidized phone or somebody who was recently just I mean brand new signed up on a contract for 2 years. <clears throat> yeah, if you're still within if you got a subsidized phone, like you know like you got a free phone or a phone that costs 20 bucks, if you paid less than like $50 for your phone, and it was less than two years ago, you have a subsidized phone. Right. And the way it works is is for a two-year contract, as soon as you're in the, into your contract for 18 months, you're eligible for an early upgrade, which will get you the 199 and 299 You can do what, what, they, what they call an early upgrade, which is prior to that, but you have to pay an additional fee. Right. But for those of us who have only had the iPhone for a year and we can't pay early to cancel our other service, we did not get in subsidized. We should be able to go right in at the one ninety nine price. Oh, absolutely. So, and I'll be able to confirm that hopefully within the next week uh, if I can get my hands on a three G phone. So let's see who is calling in next. Hey Chris, it's Andrea. I'm calling for the help again a Mac show. So hi Chris too. Uh, I wanted to share with some of the apps that I'm enjoying on on my iPhone. Um, I enjoyed, obviously, a lot of the ones that you talked about, the remote and the aim, and the Facebook one are pretty cool. Um, some of my favorite ones, though, is uh, my absolute favorite right now is Twinkle. I think it's so pretty, and it looks like a little chat, and it's just it's very appealing. The The interface is very nice. And uh, since I was in, in Chicago for the GNI meetup, it was cool because I can actually had somebody in my little, it has a little feature where you can see people that are around you using the GPS uh, capabilities that it now has. So you, there's a little recent tab. I mean, sorry. Um, let me actually tell you exactly what it's called. It's uh, not recent tab, but uh, near you tab, nearby tab. And it actually puts people that are within a mile, five miles, or 50 miles of you that are uh, twinking. Like, so it's pretty cool because I was actually able to see somebody that was using Twinkle around me that I actually knew who they were, which was uh, Blue Cobble. So that was pretty cool. Um, and it's just, it's just a sleek interface. So I like that a lot. And some of the apps I also enjoy are some of the ones that are just pure fun. Um, one's called My Light, which kind of makes your iPhone like a strobe light or a stream light. So that's a pretty cool, nifty one. Um, I think a goofy one is a little phone saver, uh, if you like Star Wars or that type of thing. It's pretty cool. I like the uh, Scribble application because it allows you to just tap little notes or little things, just kind of doodle on your iPhone. So that's pretty sweet. And you can actually send it to somebody or put it on the web to share your doodles. So little scribble scribbles are fun. I also like uh, one of an interesting one that's called Rotary Dial. So it actually lets you actually make a phone call, like, and it sets a little rotary dial, so if you want to go old school just for a little fun, that's pretty cool. And then there's also some really good games that are all all pretty cool as well. I like um, iMaze, which is like a little maze, and you just kind of, you know, use the, grab the accelerometer to kind of move around, so that's pretty nifty. Um, there's the, the spinner game, which is you kind of like maneuver so you don't hit the edges of a wall. That's pretty cool as well. 
And there's my favorite game, which is Tap Tap, which is kind of like Dance Dance Revolution, but for your fingers. So it's kind of a nifty concept, and it's it's pretty entertaining. So And all those apps I mentioned are all free, so that's always a plus. So I hope uh, you guys are having a great night. You have a great recording, and I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say or what other people have to share as far as iPhone apps. I will talk to you guys soon. Awesome. So a couple things here. Uh, first of all, I didn't hear what she was saying about the one where you have to keep it from going off the edge of the wall. Spin, spin something. Did you hear that one? Uh, no, I didn't. Okay, so Andrea, we, we, I need to know what that one is. That one sounds interesting. I like the games that are using the accelerometer. It's, it's a lot of fun to interact with those. So I didn't catch that one. However, she did mention Twinkle. Have you used Twinkle at all? Oh yeah, I canceled all the rest of my, uh, my. Twitter apps and download a Twinkle. Okay, so that's tell the one I, that's the one I was waiting for. Tell everybody what Twinkle is. Twinkle was a really really awesome app that was on jailbroken phones, and they ported it over. Uh, it's made by Tap. I think it's made by Tapulous, the same people that make uh, Tap Tap Revolution. And uh, it's a Twitter application. What's cool is it does uh, location based tweets, so you can see you know people that respond within a twenty five mile radius, ten mile radius, fifty mile radius. Another cool thing they do is if Twitter's down, you can still tweet to the people who have a Twinkle account. And then once Twitter comes back up, it'll post those tweets out for you automatically. Oh, I didn't know that it would do that. That That's pretty nifty. Now, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I am not a fan of the interface of, of, of Twinkle. In fact, I've rather grown uh, very much, grown to really love the interface that's uh, Twitterific. And so I, I've I've pretty much determined that that's what like my favorite interface. The only thing I wish I had on Twitterific was the ability to just see direct messages and just mm-hmm. see at replies. But you know I'm pretty good at at determining you know where they're gonna put those when I go and sync up from the last time. So I'm getting good at it now. One thing I do like about this whole um, uh, what's it called again? Twinkle? Twinkle. Twinkle. One thing I like about Twinkle is it will show you people who are on Twitter who are around you or close to you even though you don't follow them. Right. So I really like that. So if you're out in an area and, and you know you want to have lunch or, or meet a, a fellow geek in the area, chances are that you would be able to find somebody, just set it to you know five miles within or whatever, and you can end up following that person and and chatting with them and and whatever, so you could do like a impromptu meetup of people you've never met before, which could be scary and terrifying too. That, exactly, this is this is <laughs> absolutely true. So and and of course, then that you know that goes to show you also every time you let um, Twitter know your location, there is the ability for people who are out there to find you if you let if you post your current location. Yeah. Even if they're um, not following you. The only way you could stop that, I would assume, is if you go in and, and change your privacy setting to uh to block people who are not your you know, that you don't allow. Yeah, Twitterific Twitterific I think will actually change your location on your Twitter page if you use the location based stuff on it. Say that again? Twitterific on the iPhone will automatically update your location on oh. your Twitter page. Okay, it automatically does it? Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Well, know if that. you say if you say use my current location. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 
So anyway, um, neat applications. And I want to just say the new Facebook application that came out with a version 2, you know, 1.02 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that yet? I have not played with it yet. I think we talked about Facebook last week and I had mentioned that, you know, I really wish they had the ability so that you could go and see what people are writing on your wall and to to write on other people's walls. Well, guess what? It's now in there. And so Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so now you can go in and write on people's walls and and, and it's really neat because the you know, that is something that I think is a great way just to let people know randomly that, you know what, hey, I care. You know, it's like, hey, I'm shooting right. a message. I, I'm not sending you an email. Don't feel like you have to respond. And I'm not gonna send you an at Twitter message because, well, you know what? I don't wanna I don't wanna spam up everybody's Twitter inboxes with my messages to everybody. But by golly, you know, if I'm sitting around and I'm just, you know, sitting at the doctor's office or doing something, it's kind of cool to be able to just randomly spin through your friends. It's like, oh, here's somebody I was thinking about the other day. Why don't I just send them a little message on their wall on Facebook? And I found that to be quite useful. And uh, I think Facebook app has become, uh, it, Facebook app and Twitterific are my two side-by-side tying for first place um, applications. In in fact, I love chatting with people in instant message on facebook more than i do aim so oh really yeah because well the thing is is that you know not all of my friends sign on and leave an instant messenger open anymore i mean that it, it to me in instant messaging until they get an application on the iphone where it stays on all the time and and you can receive messages and it'll notify you just like it does an sms message when that comes back then i see instant messaging being you know, back in the back in the game again. But um, the nice thing about Facebook is that all of my friends eventually are on Facebook at one point or another throughout the day or at least a couple times a week. And if I randomly fire up my Facebook application, it you can click on the little chat icon and it'll tell you all the people who are online and are browsing the web that are not idle. And that means that if you send them a chat message, a little red you know, bubbles going to pull up for them on their screen. And I will tell you nine times out of 10 people respond to it and I can sit there and have a chat message with them. So you can, you can chat to people through the Facebook app on the iPhone. Yes. Oh, that's Insta- pretty cool. Instant message chat through the Facebook application. It is awesome. Mm, I'm to download that then. Yes, it is awesome. It is. I, I, it blows aim away for me because like I said, I, I, I probably have a good 30 or 40 people uh, at any one time, who are online and currently browsing Facebook pages, anytime I sign on, it, it it that's the case. Wow, it is really awesome. Whereas I sign on to you know AOL Instant Messenger, and well, first of all, I I have tons of friends who are using Yahoo, tons of friends who are using MSN, tons of friends who are using uh, GTalk, and I have a you know, I've got probably about fifty or sixty friends who are using AOL. I sign into AOL instant messaging application on my iPhone and I'm lucky to find four or five people who are in there and it's usually the same four or five people who leave it up all the time and you know majority of the time are away from their computer. So that's why I love the Facebook application for chat for instant messaging. Yeah. It's very cool. Anyway. Cool dude. All right. So we have another voicemail. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Let's go to this one here. Chris, this is Andrea from the Geek Chic Podcast, and I wanted to call in about my experience in purchasing uh, my new iPhone. So this is definitely for the help I get on that show. Um, I'm loving the experience of the phone itself. I love um, the App Store 
I love, the, you know, everything about the iPhone, just combining everything in one. It was uh, a great experience with the phone itself. My only little hang-up was that uh, the 18th experience has been so incredibly miserable. Um, when I first activated my phone, I guess because the, the systems were going crazy over so many installations, that um, it said that it gave prompted an error message that I had to wait for an email confirmation when the activation was ready, which then resulted in an error because they had accidentally activated my number to somebody else's phone. So I had to go in, get another SIM chip, and a whole brand new account number and all that kind of good stuff. Then that was a number that they had ported from uh, T-Mobile, which was nothing to do with anything. And it ended up being this man's phone that he had had for 10 years. And I'm like, it's supposed to be my number. What are you talking about? This is your number. So I had to call AT&T again and get a whole brand new number all over again. But once I got past all the messages of AT&T, I've been able to enjoy my iPhone. And I absolutely love the App Store. There's so many things you could do with just the basic free apps and the other ones that are reasonably priced. It's a really great experience to be able to have uh, the GPS on your phone. Um, and I think it's great that Apple is gunning for the business market by having Exchange and all these types of great uh, features on the phone that make it a, a great competitor to BlackBerry. So I'm interested to see what uh, other people's experience was with the phone itself. I think it's, um, you know, it's not a, you know, perfect. everything has its ups and downs, I guess. But uh, it's been a great experience. I am absolutely loving the phone. And I can't wait to hear what you and Chris have to say about it. So I will talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye-bye. Alrighty, Andrea, thank you very much for two feedback uh, recordings for our show and uh, your iPhone purchase uh, story. It was awesome that you gave us that feedback. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the majority of the people is is once you get the iPhone set up, you love it. But the experience of getting it that initially is, is not as easy as what you think it should be. But, you know, how can it be any how, how can they I mean, I really don't understand how they pull it off in the first place that you know mil, a million phones activated in a day it's it was 3 days or, i'm sorry within 3 days but still it's voodoo you know it, it's it's i mean the fact that they were able to accomplish what they did uh you know despite the fact that yeah there were issues i mean i think you just expect that right Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that uh, overall, I mean, I, I hear so much bad stuff of people saying bad things about um, AT&T. I, I really like them. Yeah, you know what? I, I haven't had too many problems. I've had some coverage issues, but you're not with anybody. Yeah. All righty. So we have, uh, oh, wow, we still have more calls, man. How about that? Do it, do it, do it. Here's our next one. This one's a long one, it looks like. So let's see who this is. Hello, Cliff and Chris. This is Fred from Long Island, currently on location in upstate New York, and I'm calling for the Help My Dad Got a Mac podcast. Uh, I was up visiting my parents in Canada this weekend, and one of the purposes for my trip was computer support. Now, I know my way around Windows and Unix, and I would consider myself a power user of both, I do not really know my way around Macintosh to speak of. Uh, I have a little bit of sort of playing around experience. And uh, so I got up to Montreal, and my dad finally made good on his threat for many years to buy a Mac. So we went to a posh little Apple reseller in downtown Montreal, and uh, we bought the, the base level iMac, the one with the 250 gig hard drive and 
21-inch screen, um, because really that's all he needs. He um, He's not even really a power user of Windows himself. He basically knows what he needs to do on a daily basis, uh, web browsing, email, talking with his friends on AOL broadband. So uh, starting on that basis, we unpackaged the iMac, which is a beautiful machine. Uh, then we got it set up. The first hurdle that we hit was uh, getting it connected to the Internet, only because I didn't know how to reset the cable modem to accept a different uh, computer. You have to reset it every time you switch the computer. So uh, figured that out, got it working um, on the cable modem. That was step one. Step two was I told him he, he really needed to get a uh, cable router to be able to connect more than one computer to his Internet. So we went out and got that. I set that up no problem on the Mac. I figured out where all that was. So then we have um, a networked Mac, and it downloaded a bunch of uh, updates or things. And uh, I helped him set up applications without too much trouble. So that was good. And let's see. After that, oh, um, web browsing was an issue. So um, particularly plugins, he didn't like the Safari browser. I know you'll appreciate that, Cliff, because um, the Safari browser does not allow you to have bookmarks on the left-hand sidebar. So I did I did a little searching. I mean, maybe you can tell me if that's wrong, but from what I saw. Uh, there was no ability to do that. So I pretty quickly downloaded Firefox and installed it for him and put his book, imported his bookmarks from IE and put them on the sidebar. So my next problem is I, it seems like when I install applications, I never know what to do with those installation packages uh, when they're done. It seems like sometimes they're sitting on the desktop or I, I, maybe I didn't choose to put them in the downloads folder first. Uh, so that's kind of confused me when I ended up with all this stuff kind of lying around. Okay, I'm going to pause for just a second. He still has another minute left. But so far, this is the only question that I've heard so far. Um, but those packages, those DMG files, those disk images, those can be deleted completely off your hard drive once you're done. Right, Chris? Absolutely. Once you put the application in the applications folder, you can you can trash that. Exactly. So that's exactly what you want to do with those. Just completely delete them off the hard drive. So let's finish up his last bit of his call here. The other thing I had problems with, and maybe you can tell me what the best way is to do this, uh, is to um, how to put shortcuts on the desktop, which he was used to doing. And also, somewhere along the way, um, we managed to drag... Uh, one of the icons off that, that bottom uh, taskbar or whatever you call it at the bottom of the screen. And we were just, again, trying to create a shortcut. We dragged it off the bar, and it seemed like it disappeared. I don't know where it went. So I guess I don't quite understand how all that works either. But here's my first impression after all that. Love the machine. Obviously, hardware beautiful. I like the operating system being a Unix guy myself. You know, I know what it's based on and everything. I finally found where the terminal window was, so I could do a little poking around that way. And uh, I think he's going to do well with it. Uh, he's going to have a learning curve. And fortunately, he has friends who are more familiar than I am with the Mac. But, but that's my uh, kind of gut-level first impression of having purchased someone a Macintosh, not myself yet, maybe someday. But hope you uh, enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you soon. Now, you know, 
it, it was a long call, Chris. Yes. But I absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, the reason why I love that feedback, and, and typically I'm not a fan of feedback uh, voicemails that are you know in excess of three minutes, but I really, what I really love about that is because this is a podcast that is devoted to the new Mac user, and what we just got is exactly the rundown of what somebody who just brought their first Macintosh computer for somebody else and not even having experience with it and just showing you uh, what was going through his mind? What what kind of things did he have as far as feelings as he was trying to get this thing set up? But you know what I heard is that he was able to, number one, go there and immediately get it set up. And the only thing that he kind of wasn't sure about is what to do with these little DMG files. But it's really, right. and, and on the Mac, I will tell you, it's no different than on the PC. When you download a setup.exe file and you're all done and you've set it up and you've got that ex- install package or in that install, fi- install file on your desktop, when you're done, you just delete it and put it in the trash. You do the same thing with the Mac files. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, hey, I think we have somebody on the phone who has dialed in. I think we have Mark Carey. Mark, are you there? I'm here, Cliff. Glad to have have you invite me into your conversation tonight. Well, welcome to the Help I Got a Mac show. What can we do for you, sir? Well, you can't help me because I don't have a Mac, as you know, but I did want to call in and let everybody who's chatting and listening and uh, viewing you online let you know that you are a, uh, a great guy, a great asset to everything that I've been doing. And I wanted to tell you, I've been watching that fly <laughs> go around your microphone, and you are very skillful. You've not really hit the microphone. You've, you've waved your hand above it a couple of times, but I want to let you know I saw it land on your right cheekbone, and I saw it (laughs) sitting there for a while, and you didn't even smack yourself. So I just want to let you know I'm having a ball watching your broadcast. Uh, As you know, you've been a tremendous help to me, and I wanted everybody that's out there that's listening to your program tonight to know how much of an asset you really are, and, uh, and wish you all the luck in the world with everything you're doing with your Plus memberships. I understand they're going great. Everybody ought to sign up for them. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. I really appreciate that. And folks can check out uh, the Marcus Carey perspective at MarcusCarey.com. And that's M-A-R-C-U-S-C-A-R-E-Y.com. And uh, it's an honor to have you as a client. And I'm looking forward to uh, you getting your T1 line installed eventually so that we can get your uh, new media podcasting, broadcasting live show up and running. Bell would just do their part. I'm sitting here ready. Everything that I've got from you, the entire podcast package, the equipment is all working now flawlessly. I've seen them digging along the highway. Now, you have to understand, I live way out in the country. They're bringing a T1 line about 20 miles directly to my house underground. So a lot of work going on in my area just to get it here. But when it gets here, with your help, we're going to be up and going. Thanks again. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. Have a great day. All right, that was awesome. I love taking in live calls from time to time. You know, we haven't done that in quite some time, but uh, always enjoyable to hear from uh, they're, friends. They're running a, a T1 to, to his house? Yes, yes, they are. He lives out in the that, country. That is a pimp move, man. <laughs> so you know, what kind of brought my, uh, well, they ran a T1 line in my house underground because I'm, I'm awesome. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. It, it, it's been a journey trying to get him set up so he can stream. He's He, he was doing a, a live daily Monday through Friday radio show streaming, you streaming live, just like we do here from our GSPN.TV World Headquarters studios here in <laughs> northern Kentucky. 
But uh, he was doing it. He was doing it through a radio station locally in Cincinnati, driving like an hour one way every day to come up here just to do that show, and then driving. What show home. does he do, Cliff? It's the Marcus Carey Perspective. Oh well, there you go. Yep. So uh, MarcusCareyPerspective.com, or just go to MarcusCarey.com. You'll see his blog and everything else he does. He's one of my clients, and and uh, I'm darn glad to have him as a client. And uh, he, you know, what's really awesome, and and this is trust me, this was not set up. He's not paying me for this. Uh, I had no idea that he was going to call in. I just know that he checks out what what I'm doing and and stuff like that. But this is a guy who's starting to really get it and the new media stuff. Um, you know, he, he started out as like, it was, you know, we're just going to do this radio show. And this is a guy who prepared, you know, two hours, sometimes three hours every morning for, for just tons of rich content for his radio show. And I'm going to swallow that fly. I just know I am anyway, but he would spend all this time. And just the thought that somebody might possibly spend all that time on an awesome radio show and go and speak in front of a microphone, and then all of a sudden afterwards have all that work go out to nothing. Uh, it's just I couldn't see that happening, and so I'm so glad that he's you know re, you know we're recording it, releasing it as a podcast, having it archived. But now he's 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 decided you know what we're going to just forego the radio station for just this brief amount of time, and we're going into the web. He's got a Facebook account. He's signed up for a Twitter account. Um, I'm seeing him use ping.fm, so he's posting to all these other places. Uh, Chris, I'm going to get him hooked up with sharethis.com so he can put the little share this badge on his site. Nice. So, I mean, he, but he gets it. He's, 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 this, my client is Twittering, and I love that. I love that. <laughs> I, he doesn't need to send me an email to tell me that his T1 line's been delayed by two to three weeks because I saw it on Twitter first. It's really yeah. awesome. So anyway, uh, we digress just a little bit. But just we, every once in a while. Hey, we do that now, every now and then. So we do have two more callers. I have no idea how long these are because they're in a different little box down here. But let's let's see who this is. Hey, Cliff. I had to share this one with you. It's called Shazam. Okay? You got to check this out. Uh, <laughs> you take it and you press tag now and you hold it up to anything, radio, whatever. I've tested it out. It works perfectly. And it brings up whatever song it is that you're trying to figure out, whether it's on the radio, TV, you name it. And it brings up uh, previews and a place where you can purchase it in iTunes. And also YouTube, whatever else it can find on it. So uh, you have to check it out. Cool. See ya. All righty. Thank you so much. That's Tommy from uh, Northern Kentucky. He, he and I have really been talking a lot. He He pretty much lives right down the road from us here. So very awesome. And here's the last call for this week's show. Hey there, this is Jeff Gentry, X-Force 11, uh, calling in for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Hey guys, uh, just wanted to give a little update. I see you did uh, a review of some Mac software, um, including OpenOffice, and I've got OpenOffice installed on my PC at work, and they have just come out with a uh, OpenOffice.org Aqua. It's designed for Mac. It's a port. It's still in beta, uh, but it steams pretty smooth and looks great so far uh, on my Mac Mini Power PC. Uh, it's great not to have to open the X11 app uh, every time you open the Office. And uh, like I said, it's got a great sm uh, uh, splash screen to start off where you choose your application. 
Um, and like I said, once you're in, you can switch between applications. Everything looks pretty smooth, and so far in my experience, it's done pretty well. So I'm looking forward to it uh, getting out of beta and coming to the full version. I uh, hope you all have a great day, and hope this helps everybody. Bye. All right, Chris, have you heard about that? No, I have not. So th tell me what's going on here. This this open office, prior to whatever uh, uh, Jeff Gentry is announcing here, you had to have another piece of software open and running for that software to work. <laughs> Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, you had to have a, a piece of software called X11, which you could install off of your, I think it was off your disk, or you have to download it from Apple, and it looked like a Windows app. It was really, really ugly and kind of lame-looking and all, all that stuff. Um, this new version, I guess, is, is now a native application in OS X, which is cool. Um, to me, though, I, you know, OpenOffice is great, and it's free, and... You know, it's open source and open source is awesome and stuff. But man, it just seems like open office to me is like ten years behind. It's like Office ninety eight. You know, it's kind of old looking, you know what I mean? Yeah. If well, if it was me, I, I would just plunk down the seventy nine dollars and get uh iWork. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I am not a fan of iWork. Um, I have purchased iWork. I, I was a user of Microsoft Office forever. Um, however, I'm not, you know what, I'm not even a fan of the new Microsoft Office 2008. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the ribbons or whatever they call those, you know, by golly, give me a menu. I've been using a menu since DOS 5.0, my friends. I know the menu. I like the menu. Give me my menu back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, I, I, I have both, I work at Office 2008, so, you know, whatever. Right. But you know what? It, it's whatever makes you feel good at the end of the day. And as long as you're able to do your spreadsheets and you're able to type up your letters and, and invoices or whatever it is you need to do, what, try them all out. I mean, you know what? If off, open office is free, well, then by all means, go and use it. Mm -hmm. Try it. See if you like it. If not, um, I think doesn't uh, you can get iWork a free 30 day trial, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, you can. Yeah, so you can certainly do that, and uh, you know you can do what I do, what I've done, and that is I just use Google Apps. But although I do have iWork, I've paid for iWork, and I have it. You know what? I'm not a big fan of Google Apps, though. I just don't think it's it's there yet for me. I I use it all day, every day, my friend. Well, I, we we a lot of us use it in the office too, and I I still find myself opening up Word or opening up Excel. Yeah, it's the old habits die hard, I guess. Yep. 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 But uh, I I, th I think I purchased iWork just for Keynote, and I still haven't got into to create an, a presentation yet. So we'll see how that goes. Let me check one thing here. We just got a, a voicemail that came in. I want to see if it's for this show. So sure enough, I checked the email. Uh, Chris, I had it on pause there for just a second. We have Dave from Coefficient Media, uh, somebody I met up in PodCamp, Ohio, and he's got a question for us. So let's go ahead and see how this works. Do it. Hey, Cliff. This is Dave here from Coefficient Media. Just watching your Help I Got a Mac show. It's really awesome. And I had one question for you. I recently switched over to the Mac from PC, and I have been using um, Adobe Audition on the PC for recording audio, and I've been using that for the past, like, eight years. So I know all the ins and outs of it. And I was wondering if you knew of anything that was similar same kind of interface or how I could get that same experience on the Mac. 
I tried GarageBand, not a big fan of it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just seeing if you know of any good audio recording programs for the Mac. Thanks. Bye. I do. It's called Adobe Audition 2.0 or 3.0 Running in Parallels. <laughs> <laughs> I, say, I say Sound Studio 3 is a great application. Sound Studio 3, I was so blessed. Uh, our good friend Andrea, or iAndrea on Twitter, she had purchased, I guess, two different Mac Heist bundles from different points in times and, and uh, was so kind as to give me one of the keys that she had purchased because it came in. She had two copies of it. And I have uh, Sound Studio 3 ready to install on my Mac. Or actually, it's already installed. I just haven't had the chance to play with it yet. However, right on. However, I'm going to do that. I'm going to play with it. The one thing that I love about Adobe Audition 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever .0 you get is this thing called brick wall hard limiting. And basically, in essence, what I can do is I can tell this thing to do a hard limit, which basically says never go above this audio level. But I can do it at the same time. I can do an amplification. So it'll amplify an entire uh, string of audio and it'll amplify every single signal up by a certain number of decibels. But if it ever reaches the limit, it just stops for that particular portion of audio. So basically, in essence, if you can imagine, it keeps all the stuff that's already really high from going up any, and all the stuff that's low raises it up to the same level as the high audios, giving you a very nice equal level audio recording from beginning to end, all with one process. That's cool. So... Yeah, I think I know it's got a compressor and a limiter and all that kind of stuff, so you, I, I'm sure you play with it and it'll... It's... A really nice program. I know it is. Yeah. So, I mean, Adobe Audition is awesome. I wish they had it for the Mac, to be honest with you. Um, mm. And who knows? Maybe one day. But uh, until then, um, I would I would definitely try out the Sound Studio 3. Uh, I know that I'm going to be trying it out, and I will be coming back in the future, both with some help I got a Mac reviews, as well as Podcast Answer Man reviews on Yeah, I think they that. get a... Fee- you can download a full demo. Yes. Yes, you can. So, so just do uh, Sound Studio 3. Check it out and see what you think. And, and in fact, yeah. if you get a chance to check it out before we do, give us a call back and let us know again. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Chris? Nope. All righty. So we are finished with our feedback from this show. We are so thankful that you all have called in. I mean, that was a lot of phone calls, my friend. I know, and we love them. We want more. We do. We want to have this many calls every week. And so do us a favor. Give us a call, area code 859-795-4067. You can always email us as well, feedback at gspn.tv. However, we prefer the phone calls, 859-795-4067. And if you want to, go over to gspn.tv slash plus and find out how you can support us. See you next week. Thank you.